0: below that. And welcome to Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, the Writer's Room podcast dedicated to fixing the Star Wars sequels. I'm Bryce Quinn, and this week I'm joined by the killer of darlings, Carmelo Keating. How are you, Melo? Very good. I've been very busy recently. Oh, yeah? Killing a bunch of darlings. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, we had our little Writer's Room over the weekend where you, me, and Sandro debated on which darlings to kill, mm. and uh, Sandro was devastated by the outcome. <laughs> yeah. Really funny. I can't remember of which in particular, but... like uh, uh, probably Kira Solo. Yeah, that old, <laughs> uh, old chestnut. Uh, uh, a couple different ideas that we just keep tossing and throwing around. Around, yeah, that yeah, uh, no, was very good very productive very productive
1: um we're gonna do it again this weekend
0: i'm also joined by the insane madman behind the 80 page document that inspired today's episode cole full thing fan
2: how are you cole? i am sober now no <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, yeah no i'm doing pretty well how are you I'm good. I'm yeah. uh, a bit tired today. I've just yes. had a, a v.
0: So uh, yeah. excuse me if I You're go. You're all tired now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: watching like 20 minutes of the whole show just gets speedrun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bit of context behind that 80 page document, call. Oh, what about it?
0: Um, <laughs> well, we're going to get into well, it in the show today yeah. because this is fixing the sequel trilogy. And each week we bring you an hour of rambling, babbling, and dare I say, yapping as we piece together our rewrite of the sequel trilogy. This week we present you with a little something we've been cooking up for a while. Mello, you call it final days. I call it the fall of Coruscant. And Cole, I don't know what you
2: call it. I think I just called it after Endor. Chapter after Endor. One. <laughs> Chapter 1, yeah. Chapter 1, the Fall of Coruscant.
0: Uh, so in canon, there was a brief period of skirmishing after the Battle of Endor, as you say, uh, before the Galactic Concordance, which Grand Vizier Vizier Mass Amida signs to end the Galactic Civil War. Have I got all that right? Yeah. Just double checking. So in our rewrite, we'll be keeping all of the events of Return of the Jedi as canon. But after that is entirely fair game to chop and change. The core idea of what we're talking about today revolves around what happens to Coruscant which is an ecumenopolis <laughs> and key stronghold of the galactic empire. Nice. Wow. So that... the, the term for planet-sized cities, ecu, ecumenom, ecumenopolis. Right. That's crazy. Hell? Which, like, when was that term created? Because as far as I'm aware, was Coruscant not the first one in, in, in the world of like, was, pop culture? I believe it was by a Greek architect, architect, in the 1600s, I think. Okay, I, was, so I, I read the Wikipedia article man. about wow. it. So, so
2: the idea, <laughs> the idea is, existed? Yes. Wow, they hadn't before, For a very long time. Back yeah. when cities weren't shit. Yeah. They hadn't even invented planets yet.
0: If it's not the 1600s, I'm very sorry. I'm an idiot. I was literally one yeah. Google search. I just needed to check this out. That's spelling. right. No, they can yeah. Google it themselves. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about uh, the Coruscant and the post-war period just after the Civil War. And everything that happens leading, so between episode six and our version of episode seven. Yeah. So the reason we keep talking about you, Cole, is because when we did our first round of treatment stuff, you give us a 80 page document of some of the craziest shit I've ever read in my life. And a lot of it had to do with the post Civil War yes, period.
2: It's all, connected. it's all connected. It's all connected. And we're
0: very excited to jump into that. And I'll, we'll get, I'll get you to do like a brief rundown in a second. But I wanted to just start with what they did in the actual Secret Trilogy in that post-war period and we'll just have a quick discussion and tear it to pieces a little bit because it's stupid it sucks so uh, we're going back to an almost structured sort of segment-based thing here
1: for a sec what the sequels did wrong yeah what the sequels
0: did wrong with the uh the post-civil war time period okay let's start with the easiest thing
1: i think uh what did the sequels do wrong in the films
0: yeah. <laughs> um. Tell us fucking nothing. So mm. with Force Awakens, we started on Hosnian Prime. Yeah. No mention was made of Coruscant, and yeah. I think that's a bit of a glaring oversight. Yeah. They don't mention what happened to that planet and what it looks like now. Yeah. If yeah. you have a planet-sized city, that's
2: important. It's mm. important in the law. It has to be important. Yeah. yeah. And it's like when they blow up Hosnian Prime. Well, then does Coruscant come back into the picture at all? Or what is it like? What
0: does the planet look like? What, yeah. Who's
2: there? Who lives there? Someone exactly. has to live
1: there. Yep. Never spoken about again. Mm. Also, um, we, we don't know. What sort of planet Osnium Prime is? No. We don't know if it's the same monopolis.
0: Monopolis Yeah, that's yeah. what I said. Uh, monopolis. <laughs> same as,
1: as Coruscant, uh, or
0: if it's just a normal planet, or if it's just it has some cities on it, so, sort of like Alderaan, where yeah. there's nature and also mm. cities.
1: You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, no clue. Um, so yeah, Taylor's oldest time with this show. Uh, once again, the sequels did nothing to tell us.
0: Yes, um, it was a, it, went a lot of wasted potential. They didn't even touch on this kind of topic. Or this like kind of this aspect of world building,
1: and also like what what sort of context we do get for the era between six and seven in the prequels is uh, in the sequels rather is is all stuff that kind of happened around like. Five years before Episode Seven, yes, you know, like stuff so with, they had a
0: series of books, uh, the the Road to Force Awakens, yeah, pretty I think much was the series yeah. of books, yeah, and I we read were, one of them,
1: yeah, and there's some yeah. stuff like in there, like you know, like we you know the bloodlines kind of in that period, there's some stuff about like. Ray and her early life stuff about like there was the ben. book
0: Aftermath, which is very popular. Oh yeah, there's and that Aftermath. was like a collection of stories.
1: Yeah, the Aftermath trilogy was mm. between uh, was like you know in the time immediately after slash one year after gotcha. Battle of Endor, which yeah. led up to the Battle of Jakku. We can get into all that later. Uh, but yeah, once again, like all the stuff that we're told about in the sequels only happened maybe five years before. You know, the Jedi Temple burning and Luke going into hiding, Ben yeah. turning to the dark side. Recent history. Very recent history. Mm. Yeah. But there was still 25 years before that. Yeah. What the fuck happened?
0: So we know the Galactic Concordance happened after the Battle of Jakku, which is like a year after the yeah. Battle of Endor. Is, yes. Crazy to me. Yeah.
1: Should we just get into all like that sort of... Expanded media stuff.
0: Um, yeah. Let's talk about expanded media. Let's talk about what the canon is at the start of the Force Awakens movie. Yeah. So the Galactic Concordance happens at the Battle of Jakku, which is one year after Battle of Endor, which we I think all don't like because it I doesn't feel
2: hate Jakku as like, so Jakku, concept
0: the concept of Jakku. It's a core world that's a like a desert planet. The planet's fine. I think it's just a silly because they yeah. they wrote it in for Force Awakens. It didn't exist before. Yeah. That. N- so to have it be a core world because, well, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm yeah. I trying to remember on the galactic map. where it like It's
1: right in the middle. It's right next right? to Coruscant. Yeah.
0: Okay. yeah. Um, and when they start Force that's... Awakens, it feels like it's on the Outer Rim, but it's not. It's yeah. in the core yeah. world. It's like a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coruscant. Okay. Okay, I did not even know that. Yeah, part.
2: yeah. Okay, that's even crazier to me, because my big problem is, like, why the hell did they have their final battle on Jakku and not Coruscant? And what? Okay, it makes <laughs> no sense to it's me. It's very
0: strange. I think yeah. the idea was for it to be a scrap planet close enough to Coruscant, that it's like, oh, we're going to have our final stand here, yeah. right next to the core worlds. And then all those ships crash you? on Jakku, creating this scrap planet yeah. so that you can have Rey yeah. live there at the start of Force Awakens.
2: Makes no strategic sense.
0: It's like, yeah, putting the cart before the horse yeah. <laughs> kind okay, of let's,
2: thing. Uh, let's step out of our fortress and go fight on this little desert. Very, very strange yeah. decision.
0: If you really, if you think about it for like mm. longer than 10 seconds. Yeah. It's a bit weird. Mm. Um, and it's, it's one of those, like, oh, it's extra kinda, It doesn't really matter. No. but. I think there's a lot of yeah. space to explore something more interesting than that. Yeah, so like some of
1: the books, some of the uh, like like uh, stuff like Star Wars Battlefront Two Story Mode. Gives we get us, a little uh, bit of Luke, a little bit more. Yeah. yeah, a little bit more elaboration around what happened. But we know that yeah, the final final stand of the Empire was above Jakku. Yeah, um, they were trying to like you know hide something as a part of like Palpatine's you know grand plan after the Empire fell, uh in which he had you know his. His sentinels. He had his sort of scorched earth policy. Mm. It's a, it's an operation Cinder. Operation Cinder. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, yep. um, yeah. So part of Operation Cinder was, yeah, there was something on Jakku. There was, it was some sort of like imperial information station thing. Yeah. Oh, they were, like
0: fucking Scarif. Yeah, more, like a tower. more, secrets they were trying to hide. Mm, gotcha. That secrets sure, only the Sith
2: and Yeah, some <laughs> shit that probably
1: linked to Exegol. And the comics and yeah. books are still catching up on all of the yeah. that sort of stuff. But yeah, we know that. Yeah, basically a year after that was the final stand and it happened. And that's why there's all that debris
0: on Jakku. But yes, Massa meter. Uh, our signs the galactic concordance with Mon Mothma, yeah. with I, Mon Mothma, yeah. and then he gets arrested and goes to prison.
2: No, what I, happens to him? In Canada? So I believe from my extensive research, <laughs> um, what happens with Massimeda is he is put a, as a part of like a transitionary group of Coruscant's government okay. to transition them into like just a new a new republic world. Got it. But then nothing happens to him after that. He just kind of goes into obscurity. Yeah, it just kind of, like, fades into obscurity. Yeah, like... Interesting. Ridiculous. And
0: then we get the whole centrist versus populist debate, Mm. which leads all the way up to The Force Awakens, which is uh, a lot of planets want to break off and become individually governed, like, self-governed, and many of them want to stay centrist, want Mm. to stay a part of the New Republic. Leia is on the side of the centrists, and who's on the side of... The uh, Populist. The Populist uh, is... Ransom Kosturfo. Ransom Kosturfo, who's a character in Bloodline. And Bloodline is the book we talk about the most mm. on the show, I think. Because yeah. it has the most interesting things to say, yeah. I think. The book about that Lairus.
1: was kind of like my initial jumping off point for where to start in a rewrite. And that I've like <laughs> gradually very, gotten very distant from. Which like, yeah. Yeah. like now I'm happy. I'm ha- much happier with mm. where we're at now. Because it's like, I needed somewhere to start there absolutely and and the more we've the developed more the we ideas, dive into
0: it the further away we get from some of those ideas yeah
1: and the less political our, our like in terms of like how much time we're spending on direct politics yeah our film Ooh. gets which
0: i think is a good thing yeah but yeah so that's the debate that's happening leading up to force awakens it's like some people want to leave and dissolve the mm-hmm. new republic and other people want to keep it together Leia wants to keep it together and then she's kind of debating with ransom castorfo and then there's an assassination attempt as the first order is infiltrating the Senate and trying to destabilize it. Hello? Oh, sorry. As a as a populist, Leia wants to keep the she wants to keep the
1: Union Republic together, but not as a super government. Ah. Yeah, that's the thing with the, the centrists want to keep it like yeah. how it was in the old days, a super government. whereas... Yeah, the higher state states' rights. Yeah, yeah. well, she, yeah, she wants yeah. the freedom to govern individually, but still be united a part of the, yeah. yeah unity, you know? which
0: yeah. is a good way to be. Ultimately, that's a good goal. Yeah, but um, yeah. So then that leads to uh, her getting outed in the Senate as Darth Vader's daughter, and she gets kicked out, and then. She leads the resistance, which is a, a body of rebels basically mm. directly fighting against the First Order. The First Order is a small group of Imperial loyalists at the start of Force Awakens.
1: Yeah, but they're, they're not like, they're, they're not known as a big threat apparently. You know, yeah, like, they're so, not. So, yes, yeah, yeah. so, so, yeah, the thing, like the. The New Republic has their own navy. Uh, Leia's resistance is completely mm. independent of that. They see her as kind of like like war monger in a yeah. sense. Yeah, of, like
0: a warmonger um, and extremist kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and mm. they're like, yeah, there's no real threat there. Like we yeah. know about you're overreacting. Yeah, pretty much. And then of course they all get blown up.
0: Yes. So, so we get yep. to Force Awakens. The First Order uses Starkiller Base to destroy the Hosnian system, assumedly taking out the New Republic naval fleet as well. Yeah, you yes. see a few ships
1: in that very in the in the fifteen seconds we get, <laughs> yeah. I- if
0: that. Um, you see a few ships above the planet. And, yeah. and
1: one must assume for a minute that that was it, the whole fleet. That has
0: to be it. yeah, oh Because we, know we never see that fleet later mm, on. Yeah. Um, and then that basically takes the New Republic and all of that civilization out of the picture, and yep. leaving only yeah. the Resistance yep. to fight yep. the First Order.
1: And then what we hear from, in terms of like then, the rest of the systems throughout the whole trilogy who were part of the New Republic is, oh, yeah, no one's coming to help. Oh, we're afraid. In opening crawls, we get, oh, everyone's too afraid. The First Order, and now the ultimate superpower, we get... We're not going to come help,
0: but not from anyone directly. Mm. Yeah. We hear it through characters who have heard it from other characters. Yes. But I think a really interesting point here is between 7 and 8, there is no time. Mm-hmm. But no. in the opening crawl, mm-hmm. they made the decision to write, the First Order is now the governing power in the galaxy. Yeah, or like, something reign that supreme. So They crazy. reign supreme. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. Nope. And the choice to have 7 and 8 take immediately after each other. Yeah was, I think, one of the biggest mistakes they made. You know, because of the shenanigans, it kind of had to be that way, but yeah. at the same time, like, yeah. don't do that. So Yeah, so unless we actually got, like,
1: some other New Republic planet that we saw in 7 to then, at the start of 8, show a Star Destroyer come in to be like, yeah, there's an occupying force. Mm. We, we have to see something to understand yeah. this situation, but no, you just fucking tell us it in a line. Yeah, because yeah, we've got story to it tell. It really
2: makes no sense, given the fact that Episode 7 ends with them absolutely obliterating the First Order.
1: Yeah, they destroy Starkiller Base. How powerful yeah. can they be that now? Was, that you know? was
0: their one thing.
2: Yeah. You know? yeah. Yep. Anyways. And then we
1: find out we have a supremacy. We have a 70-kilometer-wide... Star Destroyer that builds other Star
0: Destroyers. <laughs> yeah. So that's obviously incredibly dumb. And we're going to stop there, I think. Uh, I think it's yeah, very clear. Yeah, yeah. Like we've, we've painted the picture of... Yeah. If, like, Angry. It sort of made sense because the book writers are a bit smarter than the film writers. And then it gets to the films and it falls to pieces. So mm. that's the actual canon. And there's our problems with it. Yep. Let's dive into what we want to change starting right at the end of Return of the Jedi. Right. Okay. First
1: things first. Melo. So how big was the Imperial force at Endor? In the grand scheme, massive. of the empire, everything. It was
0: big, but it wasn't. I don't think it was. Everything. It wasn't everything. Okay, why do you? Yeah. Where do you guys think the rest of it was? Because I thought the idea was that the emperor threw everything. I've, scr- he had.
1: I've scrubbed back through that. They did have a massive occupation, but it wasn't mm. all of it. They didn't okay. specifically say anything all- around that line. Yeah, it being
0: all. Oh, then we can I, safely say like eighty percent,
1: something I'm, like that. What I'm willing to to um, agree with is that it's. Oh, maybe, I wouldn't even say eighty. Where yeah. would you be? Where would so, you be
0: putting it? like 20 but i'd go more like the leadership is there yes and all of their like attack forces they have yeah. to leave governing and like yeah because you... officer forces around it all yeah. the other planets yeah, to keep bastions. everything yeah going. like you
1: know like they only had like vader's super Star destroyer there okay. i, I, yeah. I would argue that there would
0: definitely still be some other super
1: Star Destroyers, and then like there were there were that's the thing about then just the regular star destroyers there were tens of thousands of regular star destroyers mm. because there's tens of thousands of planets and stuff like that. yeah but leadership was there imperial leadership was there um there would still be you know other high-ranking generals and stuff but i like the idea that that battle it flips the switch yeah. it turns the tide and it's like yeah right they actually don't have their their big big powerful force they don't have their death star they don't have their leaders at an evader and the emperor and some moths and, and shit yeah you know? they're really yeah. important generals and their yeah, and stuff. yeah yeah so what we then have is just a leaderless empire now that's enough, I think. That's enough of a jumping off point to be like, right, now we finish the rest of the toppling. Mm. And, Absolutely. And, and now we've said to the galaxy, they're not indestructible and there's no head at the top of the of the Hydra, you know, and you can you can kill the Hydra and you can chop off the heads. Yeah, I think after that run.
0: battle, like anyone who was holding out from the rebellion is like, well, if we keep holding out, they're gonna fight us. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got to yeah. join them. And then the rebellion gets huge while the empire is in disarray. And that changes the tide entirely, I yeah. think.
1: Also in canon, at that sort of uh, uh, immediately after the Battle of Endor, the Rebellion is no longer the Rebellion. They start then going by the New Republic. Yeah. Because they are the Rebellion to the... That's actually something I want to talk about. Yeah. to restore the Grand Republic, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. They then just flip it and they're just like, yeah, fuck it. We're the New New Republic. Republic Republic
0: So just quickly before we dive in any further, our goal for this is to make this some kind of TV show anthology series similar to The Clone Wars. And when I say make it... I don't mean actually no. make it. We're not going to actually write this. This is something that will just exist for us as context yeah. to help us write the actual sequel trilogy. Any writing we do that like, we want to show off, maybe in the future, we will throw on the Patreon or we'll throw up online somewhere. Yeah. But basically... Our goal for this is just to have it be context, and that, and we love talking about it because it's really fun. Yeah, but we don't actually want to like dive into it too much, I guess. No, and mm. like
1: I'd see, I'd see us writing this up into like a master doc where it's like yeah, some got a big document. We'll yeah. need this to help yeah. inform. Yeah. ourselves if we need to look at what happened then, oh, that's right. You know, because yeah. he, here's our here's our new canon. Here's yeah. our new yeah. set of rules.
2: This, is, this could be something that we released to the audience.
0: Very about. similar to the Clone Wars TV show. Yeah. Where yeah. It's like it's supplementary. It helps mm. bridge the gap, but it isn't necessarily
2: I think It's definitely yeah, not essential. I th- yeah, I think given you know like because you guys are still doing not a 30-year jump, right? You guys are doing slightly less. It's more or less. 20-ish yeah. Yeah. right now. Yeah. I think like a big problem with time jumps a lot of the times, and this is clear in Game of Thrones, the novels, when you do a time jump and you don't know what the fuck happened between it, <laughs> yeah. then you end up with so many problems. That's why I always believe that you need to like flesh that stuff out so that you know, oh, yeah. because everything in storytelling is cause and effect. And what are the consequences? What are the thematic and storytelling through lines? Absolutely. Through that period. Yep. But yeah, so I just wanted to
0: cover that first. And then to jump off what you were just talking about there, in terms of calling it the new republic i want that to be a story arc that yeah. we dive into yeah. i want it to be yeah. the star wars version of the founding fathers yeah mm. and going through and it's like hey we've just overthrown the british yeah let's get a group of us together and decide what we're going to be called and what we're going to do and how we're going to do it and that i think should be an ongoing process yeah. i don't know if it's like a day one thing i think coming it's to a- the idea of new republic is like a part of that story you can dive into yeah here. yeah yeah
1: well it's I feel like it, it, you know, yeah. It's it's something that like still they still have to get to this, stuff to finalize. But it's definitely something that was a part of the plan, yeah, always. Mm-hmm. Like you look back to you know Rogue One just before Episode Four, of course, and and when they're having that that meeting, at, you know, when they're like, oh, you know, we're done before they go to try and steal the plans. There's all those those leaders there in that room arguing, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they're all planetary leaders or senators. Like you know that these are the sort of people that if the Empire toppled tomorrow, they, they would take would, over. Yeah, yeah, they would be like right. Here's the new order. Here's how we're gonna do things from now on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's definitely yeah. We that's something we just don't see in the original trilogy. Is the we see we see the fighting. We see the heads. Of the armies and of the militaries, we don't see the political heads. Yeah, exactly. But they're still. There. I think
0: that's something Rogue One does very well, and it's why we like it so much. Yeah, andor as well, and andor, and andor really does. Absolutely, do but I think andor does a better job of showing like here's the disparate ideas and ideologies yeah. of the re- rebellion. In Rogue One, it's it's more it's a bit more cohesive when you get to that point, and they've kind of because they are like, yeah. like
1: a formal rebellion. They're a formal that, rebellion. Now. Yeah.
0: So the alliance to restore the the republic. Yep. They succeed at the battle of Endor. Their next goal is to topple Coruscant because that is like symbolic of we've fully it's... won. We've fully conquered Coruscant, the mm. core planet the, at the middle of the galaxy. Yeah. Yep. Now once we do that, we take over and we're really back on right. top. Well, do you think that that's Coruscant is all,
1: obviously it's such an ultimate goal, but it's a very lofty goal. Do you think it's like something that they I... then have to
0: build towards still? I think I... they would still call themselves the rebellion yeah. until they yeah, get uh, yeah until that. They well, can do, right
2: yeah. I think. Yeah, it's like I don't think they would be recognized in the galaxy as the New Republic until they control the until capital. they some kind of symbolic victory like that. Yeah, but, it's like yeah. every campaign on Russia throughout history, right? They've always tried to go for Moscow because yeah. once, they the it. it's, it's exactly. Moscow. once they control it, exactly. Once they control that, you know, they control. The people believe you. So we've, <laughs> yeah.
1: what we've got to be careful of when writing this is making sure that we don't write in a space winter. Of oh, course. <laughs> Oh space God. winter. Space winter would stop the room. Now that's it
0: a word, Last Jedi, Jedi ass shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, it got really cold in my space, guys. God, what are we yeah. gonna do? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. They didn't send yeah. us with jumpers to oh. in
1: space jumpers. It's They've so got, got jumpers Jad- now. Yeah. Our
0: sweaters. Uh, yeah. It's so sad that my first thought was like that. Feels like Last Jedi because yeah. it's like the it's break science break cannon. Yeah, it's like the the arcing laser bolts <laughs> and then freezing <laughs> in space. And running out of fuel and shit. Oh, they're out of range. That feels like something oh would be in God. Last Jedi. Yep, <laughs> you yep. know what I mean? No, sorry. My point being that it's like, so
1: where this, you know, this show, I think, would start then is immediately after Endor, but it's like, yes, mm. the next goal even though there still needs to be some time between the next goal is get to that stage of yeah. toppling Coruscant. Topple but,
0: Coruscant but they, and then establish a new government. Yeah. yeah. But that's going to take some time still. Yes. So that's yeah, gonna,
2: yeah. Cause I, I think like right after Endor really the clear objective is let's topple the core of the empire's governance. Right. Yeah. Cause there's still like, yes, most of the leadership is dead. The empire, uh, the emperor is dead, but you still got characters like Massimeda, yeah. lower tier generals who would then have to step up and Assume command. I think the Republic would sort of have to just go on a crusade directly to the Core Worlds, probably fleeing, uh, freeing planets like Kashyyyk along the way. Yeah, yeah and yeah. slowly building up the momentum. Specifically, Han
1: and Chewie doing that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. We we know we think it happens. In oh, dude, ca- in canon? it does. It I'm
0: really gonna get does. to that in a sec, a but stuff like yeah, that is really, really awesome.
1: Okay. So I actually have like an immediate
0: next step for the. For okay, the, for what the do rebels. you what do you think they do immediately after Corellia? Oh, that's mm, smart. I actually s- dig that. Stop a Stop the manufacturing. So I think we're on to something really cool here. So the idea of the core cast of characters and who they are. Mm. We have Han, Leia, Lando, and Luke. A really great core piece. And I think something really important I want to touch on is this, this is what people wanted to see yeah. for the longest time. Oh, yeah. What happens after Return of the Jedi? Yeah. And what are the adventures that they go on as they build the New Republic? Mm-hmm. People want to see this story yeah. so bad. And I want to write it. And I want to give yeah. it to people yeah. in like a really fun way. But you know what's... Um, The good thing about, like,
1: Clone Wars is that, and and what this show would then also need to do, you need to have some almost wholly original characters as well to cling to because it's it's, it's the whole... It's the idea of of threat and stakes, you know? So we we have, specifically in Clone Wars, Rex and Ahsoka. Yes, for sure. they're not in the next movies. We don't know what might happen to them. They get a lot of screen time because there is always the danger that something could happen to them. I
0: hadn't actually thought about this. I Mm. really dig where you're going because you get Ahsoka to... Show to have a foil for Anakin, yeah, because we want to see more Anakin, so to foil him is great, yes. And then you see Rex because he embodies the clone army and their perspective and their like what they're going through in their journey. And so, the same deal here, we would know that our core cast
1: of characters are gonna be in the next film,
0: yes, yep. Um, and they all live. That's like And fine. they all live,
1: but we need to have other characters who we can of kill. Of course, uh, we're, we're kind of driving <laughs> things, but there's there's the potential threat. Do of,
0: you have anything like, so mind Wedge Antilles? Oh, you fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> okay, so legitimately, oh my god, he's so high up in the navy. So if there's naval yeah. stuff, we get to see Wedge as a real character. I actually yeah. fully fuck <laughs> with that. Yeah,
2: yeah thank you. that's really funny That's the thing, like. I feel like there is so much drama in the rebel leadership waiting to be explored. Mm, yeah. And to like go back to that idea of like all these different like basically a coalition of all these different factions, think about it like this, right? The rebellion is made up of former separatists and people who fought on the side of the Republic. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean it's it's made up of the separatists. Who were right and who survived. Yeah. Who the Empire didn't immediately, you know, like, like who, who, who you know, Anakin didn't
0: go for in that room yeah. on Mustafar. Four planets who were folded into the Empire, yeah. but who hate them the whole time. Yeah. And yeah. hate the yeah. regime, and they're like, okay, well, we'll join the rebellion in secret. Yeah, like Shandrilla. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yes. We get to see Shandrilla in this show. That'd be cool. Think, yeah, that'd yeah, be really yeah, cool. Exactly. They suck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> who? What, Space Japan. Chandrillans, yeah. yeah. After everything we've seen in Andor, they look
1: like they suck. Yeah. For this show, though, something I think would make clear that it wasn't clear in the original trilogy Mon Mothma. Is the leader. Yes. Mon Mothma's yes. in charge. Yes. Um, and it, it'd be crazy because we'd finally actually see our original cast of heroes answering to her.
0: Yeah. You know, yes. No, I actually dig that. Um, 100%. Now it's like, it's like, hey, it's a formal thing now. You can't run around as much and be as crazy as you've been. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I dig that a lot. But so what I wanted to touch on there, talking about like our core cast of characters, this should be the story that people have always wanted to see from the, the core cast. Their adventures across the galaxy after the end of the war. We get episodes where it's all four of them, or a fun combo of two or three, mm. but we can have individual episodes and through them explore different aspects of the galaxy. Such as the founding of the New Republic through Leia, shenanigans with crime factions through Han Orlando, and Church of the Force and Jedi Order stuff with Luke. Yeah, cool. So you can inf- you can explore these different aspects through each of these characters, and then we also get these planet arcs where it's freeing Corellia or freeing Kashyyyk, mm. and you do those through characters. Yeah, as well. no, that'd be great. Right. Like every like
1: four episode arc is is this week we're gonna free this planet.
2: Yeah. You know, like it works I, perfectly it for,
0: for a TV storytelling.
2: I, I would actually like to argue for a different format. Oh, I what's think your it, format it, idea? I think it should be a continuous story, like not an anthology. It should be an anthology. Interesting. Yeah, cuz I think okay. cuz I think there are very clear arcs that build on one another. And I know Clone Wars does arcs, yeah, mm-hmm. but I think you have a continuous core cast all interacting with one another with a very clear goal in mind.
0: I actually okay. think I kind of agree. Okay, yeah, no. Because yeah, yeah. we have
2: these kind of checkpoints in the story that we yeah. need to get to in terms of
0: overthrowing Coruscant and then Coruscant I think we we had the idea of it becoming like a nuclear wasteland. And yeah. then we have to found Hosnian Prime and yeah. then we have to sort out the centrist versus populist debate.
2: Yeah. And that has to be sorted out. And and on top of that, think about it like this, right? Each season, there are very clear, like, sort of uh, mini eras, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've got the immediate post Endor yes. like, capturing of Coruscant. That could be season one. Yep. Season two could be the whole actual building the, um, the new republic and the debate around the constitution, imperial remnants, ooh, maybe, yeah. mm-hmm. all sorts of things. And I think there is a very continuous story that snowballs on itself leading up into yep. episode yep. seven. Interesting. Then, yeah.
1: And then also, this series would needs to s- help us like go back in time and tell the real story of, of one of the big villains that we're setting up for our trilogy.
0: I was just about to go there,
1: Criminal Underworld. I was wrong. Yeah. I thought you were
0: going to say Thrawn. No, man. <laughs>
1: I was gonna, not going to touch that with a. With no. So this pole. is
0: the thing. I think Thrawn fits perfectly in the show. In
1: this, I agree. Does. Yes. I mean, that's where he is. That's where in Air to the Empire he actually is. Is after yeah, six yeah. before seven. That's exactly. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In this one, we can do Thrawn. Sure.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, I would love to do Thrawn in yeah. a very different way.
2: The way I see Thrawn is. Once the New Republic is actually fully established, fully strengthened, Thrawn is the final like ma- Hail Mary from the Empire yeah. to actually test the New Republic mm. as leadership, right? right. Interesting. So, you're saying so that, sorry, uh, no, uh, you go ahead. I
1: was going to say so. Like, so if we were to still include a signing of a Galactic Concordance, yeah, Massa does that. That's like, yeah, cool. So publicly, the Empire is disbanded, but would it then be like Thrawn still wants to? People have seen that and be like, fuck that. We still want to hold together. Our Empire. Yeah, well,
2: I guess, because I, I, I like the idea that Thrawn has been, whether or not it's in the Unknown Regions or whatever, some other galaxy, I think he should come back. Obviously, the first issue once the New Republic is established is Imperial Remnants, right? Yeah. Because all around the Outer Rim, everywhere else where the where the Republic hasn't had a chance to actually get its foothold, you'll have all these... Separate groups of war bands, warlords trying to rise. Hence, why we bring in sort of the Nuremberg Trials that we've discussed yeah, oh, before, we right? Get to
1: see that in this show, see exactly—that's really cool. And
2: yeah. I have a lot of ideas about
0: that. Just but quickly for anyone not who's not go. familiar with the Nuremberg Trials, that happened just after World War II with the Nazis, right?
2: Yes, they, yeah. They where, put the Nazis on trial. Yeah, yeah. yeah Nazi officers yeah. were charged in a tribunal in front of—I believe—I don't think it was the United Nations, but it was no, a, no, no, an it was international a, coalition. And yeah, no. and they it took was, years. It took a very, yeah. very, very long time, and it was telling as well wasn't it yep <gasps> yeah. yeah 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 and wow. it sort
1: of took hunting a lot of people down like a yes, lot of bounty hunters was... and stuff
2: before we go to bounty hunters <laughs> yeah continue with the new Republic yes. thing <laughs> so i just wanted to do context so obviously a big concern at first is this rising momentum of will the empire consolidate again and come back now i think that mon mothma she has to you know do a few shady things negotiate some deals but ultimately the new republic stop that movement or that momentum now Go ahead a little bit further into the future. Once the new republic is actually formed, once they've finally cemented themselves as a true government, that's when Thrawn comes back from the unknown regions. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, and from there he's able to consolidate all these little groups that they haven't been causing issues. So the republic hasn't bothered to really send out too many resources to like fully stop them. But they they just they simmer down. So Thrawn comes back, unites them with a clear goal, clear ideology, and a clear disdain for everything the New Republic stands for. It's a philosophical battle about whether or not the Empire works better than the New Republic. And furthermore, we've seen the New Republic for a decent time now, so that, you know, there are people wondering, is this the system that works? Should we go back? So Thrawn, through sheer power of will and personality, marches on Coruscant again. And it's basically this dark mirror of everything the the rebels did. And through that, Thrawn serves as kind of like I don't know if he's the final villain or the ultimate villain, but I think he's the perfect test for the New Republic once it's established and the final Hail Mary of the Empire.
0: There you go. I really like that. I love the idea of um, the Shadow Collective or the Imperial Remnant really gathering around Thrawn. And without Thrawn, it all falls to pieces. Exactly. Because he's the only one smart enough and charismatic enough to really carry the vision forward. Yeah, and he he understands why the Empire worked for most people. Or he believes that the Empire worked for most people. Not that the Empire worked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, you're chilling. You're chilling. But yeah, I, I really like that and I really want to use Thrawn yeah. that way. Mel, you got anything? Mm.
1: Now, one thing I've got in- with that is that uh, the idea that the Empire is defeated, essentially, uh, dis- completely dissipated, and then he comes back mm. because then it's... It's potentially starting to tread on some of the ground of, of what we're doing
0: in our trilogy. It's true. Mm. The idea that if you leave fascism unchecked, it'll just keep coming back yeah. and over and over again, like a, like a weed. I like the idea yeah. of
1: him still being the, the big final villain, the, the yeah. one who's still able to unite things, but per, per, maybe potentially as, as just the villain that evades, the villain they can never get, the villain they can never capture, mm. and that, and, but uh-huh. they're still trying. I don't want them to be at this stage in the New Republic inactive. The one sort of like through line that I've been that we've been working on in in, in the sequels uh, slipping through is is Phasma. Yeah, uh, but like mm. in terms of herself and her ideology and what forces she's able to put together and, and to build her first order is completely unrelated and completely mm. different. But that's that whole. Well, yeah, it, it line needs
0: of, to be for it to make it all the way through all of this. Yeah, unscathed.
1: Or, yeah, pretty much. So it's like you know you can you keep yeah working away at them, working in way at them, and I think maybe it could reach a point where yeah the Empire acknowledges it's like oh God we are like we're almost done, how are we going to do this? And they finally are able to unite under mm. a Thrawn.
0: Yeah. I think getting away from specific timeline stuff is a good idea for this episode. Yeah. Just because yeah. there's a lot of different ways we could do it. Yes. Yeah. It could be just one show about just Coruscant and everything revolves yeah. around that. So everything's happening continuously around it, similar to the Clone Wars. Mm. Or it could move in stages and phases where the story changes radically and the locations change radically um, over time as well. But I want to get away from that and talk about uh, individual elements and stuff, if that's all good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I I thought it would be interesting. This would be something we could explore in this idea of this show, Uh, is that in certain cases of certain regions in the galaxy, the rebels would have to call on the help of crime lords, certain criminal empires in certain regions to be like, look, we need to partner up to take down the Empire. Mm. They, they hold you guys in check. We want them done. Let's, you know, let's yep. temporary allies.
0: Then what would, what would the rebels want to do after they, you know, use Once them? Once they've won mm. and the, all these crime factions are like, hey, favor time. Yeah. <laughs> We're calling in our favors yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As if, as if Mon Mothma would, would say, yeah, cool. what what do they do and how does that look you know it's it's a really honestly terrifying position to be in
2: i mean like here's here's a pitch i had that i think builds on that as well right yeah i like my idea because i i think han solo right in the context of republic leadership is a very interesting thing to think about because i don't think he would be a politician i don't think he would like be in many of the big capacities but Mm. i think he would be an amazing like director of intelligence in charge of the spy network right he has his connections to the underworld He's been in Republic military leadership. He understands these things. Now, I think when Thrawn comes in, right, I think one thing is now that Han Solo is in this position where he's in control of intelligence, Thrawn outsmarts him and starts to basically seed misinformation and lies through the spy network, driving Han Solo to be a lot more kind of paranoid about the Empire. That's cool. Now, because of that, Um, Han Solo, and this probably will not fit with your idea, but it um, comes out of my idea of where it was coming from. Yeah, yeah, go on. So Han Solo starts to ally himself with the crime underworlds and starts funneling weaponry to them and works with them in order to stop any more future imperial sympathizers or any, like, rebel movements, really. Okay. And eventually that comes out publicly and basically ousts him from government. (laughs) But because of that, you know, you've got this connection between... The government and the crime world, I believe. Okay. So I've got a very
0: different image in my Mm. head. With Han, Leia, Lando, and Luke, in my mind, they're all heroes.
2: Yeah. I don't necessarily want them
0: to be the most involved with politics or military decision-making. I want them to just be, like, the people who are doing cool stuff while the military... Tells well, them to do it, or they do it Yeah, the military, I mean, you know? they are military people, though. I know, yeah. but I just think it's not interesting as a story. <laughs> well, them, <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? them, them leading the I charge on think What, on fights, what we
0: see in the original trilogy is they are affiliated with the military, and they're working with the military, mm. and in the military, but they are doing so alone, and with complete freedom, you know, mm. I mean, and autonomy. Like, I, in some cases that we see them, yeah. though. Right? In all but, three so, movies. Well, but like so, outside of like the attack on the Death Star at the end of Episode Four,
1: mm. yeah. So, but they're involved in that, and then in Hoth, their leadership of in in the Rebels in Hoth, and then it's like you know, and Andor Obviously, as well. there's not much big like galactic stakes plot in Empire, mm. yeah. And it's just let's it's all interpersonal plot, style. and then we'll regroup, and then we get to focus on a story with them for a week when they're trying to regroup. They're
0: trying still. to get to the rendezvous after the Battle of Hoth,
1: yeah. But once they get back, we know that they're like obviously they try to launch a plan to rescue Harm, but they're still involved
0: my thing is the reason we don't see any of that is because lucas is a smart man he knows that's not as interesting as us just seeing them as a crew together
2: oh right yeah Yeah, i I, I see that i think though where a lot of the drama really comes from after episode six is the fact that you have like these sort of like this free band of people who really aren't like controlled by anything and how do those free spirits who are very heroic how do they try to maintain that in a system where they actually have to they have s- responsibility yeah they have a role now i think seeing that friction is yes. more interesting to me and them going like i want to see
0: han solo more like maverick from top Gun." yeah yeah And mm. he's like i'm a really good pilot i'm gonna go and win this fight by myself yeah yeah you guys stay back and let me do it and they're like oh no general solo <laughs> right. that's not how yeah, this works yeah. and have that be the friction that's what yeah. i'm more Well, definitely in, I stuff like that yeah. i agree yeah
1: yeah no i see him being that sort of like that, that sort of leader yeah. uh, against that. yeah it can always be yeah yeah, I, uh, yeah. leadership um, where were we in terms of talking about criminals politics well we're talking about had... the crime
0: underworld there was one thing when you were talking about the Nuremberg trials sort of thing where yes. we are putting these uh, ex-imperials on trial a lot of them are going to run away because they don't yes. want to be you last time we talked about this you said executed I don't think we execute anyone just, <laughs> just quickly. Them? Yeah. Just imprison them. Yeah. It's good. Call. Um, just cause it's Star Wars, that's but true. a lot of people still don't want me in prison. So they run away to the outer rim yeah, where, where they're the going to build an Imperial against... faction that sort of becomes a crime faction. Yeah. That's what I've got in my head yeah. that I would want to see happen. And, they're gonna send bounty hunters after those guys. So the mm-hmm. same people that they hired in Empire Strikes Back are ah. now being hired to track down yeah. these Imperials. So we see Bosk, we see Boba Fett, yeah. and they're being hired to take them down. Yeah, that's. I don't want to see Boba Fett as like a crime lord though. I want to see him as a bounty hunter. No, I agree. Well, we got to see if you're doing Boba
1: Fett at all. You got to see Boba Fett come out of the side re- like resurrect. Yeah. In, a, in yeah. a way, we also one thing we do actually have to see though, I think, is is like you know, in terms of there's only so much stuff that that uh, Return of the Jedi leaves open, and it's what happens to. Jabba's criminal empire.
0: Yeah, mm. who takes control yes. of that? You know. Yeah, so Jabba's criminal empire. I think what they actually touched on in Book of Boba Fett. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Shit show, but. Yeah. The interesting thing was that it's the Hut family, not just Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. His two cousins come in. Yeah. And there's more huts. There's a whole planet of huts. There's a We see it in Clone Wars. Now Nal- Hutter? Yeah. I think, I think Hutta, Yeah, yeah now Nal- the Hutter's there. So yeah. it's just a planet of huts. Yeah. But he's the big one. So he's the top guy. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I want to see a power vacuum fight of all the huts fighting over his top yeah. spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: Or whatever huts are left because I can't remember. Yeah, you know, like in comics and stuff, we see these. Anytime any sort of crime lord makes a stir with the Empire, boom, done.
0: Ah, yeah. they just wipe yeah. out the yeah yeah. This the, is something I said before. Family. Yeah,
1: the empire allows the crime lords and in the, in the spice trade and all this stuff to to stay. In its own little world. As long, so long as, as they, they don't, don't make a, m- a mess. Yeah, if they don't fuck with the Empire, then they're allowed cool. to do whatever they do. And if the Empire needs them, they'll also comply.
0: Yeah. So, so the um, ones I've mm. written down, just because they're the biggest names I can find, is the Nikto. Yep. There's the Pike Syndicate, and yep. they run Spice. Yep. And then there's Can't the Huts, and they do all sorts of illegal
2: shit.
1: Yep. And then there's the Black Sun. Yeah. And also Black Sun's still um, a thing. Yeah.
2: In the video games as well, uh, in Empire at War, there's also the Zan Consortium. Which is really cool. No, <laughs> yeah. they are. They are. They're really actually cool. cool. Okay, that's yeah, just a yeah, nerdy name. Yeah, they are pretty, but like they're, they're not pretty. They're pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. No, I mean like the dude, who runs it. He's uh, very like cold and calculating, and he's cool. the character you play. It's really. There cool.
0: was one addition I wanted to make to this crime world as well. So yeah. we've talked about this a little bit. I think I'm, I don't know if I've mentioned it actually, but in Jedi Survivor there is an alien race that's introduced. That's right. Oh, it's it's from it's from like Extended lore, but they brought it into the game, and he is a Gendai. Yeah, and he is this almost immortal tentacle monster and he's awesome yes. he's so cool in, in the original Star Wars Clone Wars
1: animated series between episodes uh, t- so it came out between um, the release of episodes two and yeah three. so back in like 2003 there was a character Way before called the 3D animated one there's a yeah. 2D animated yes. Clone Wars It yeah. was a character called Dirge yes he was a, he was a bounty hunter so cool. that Obi-Wan fought and he was yeah indestructible very cool did they yeah. kill him Nope. No, no sorry. He... They, they they explode him and then it's kind of like this um Like Wolverine. This, <laughs> or like symbiote suit. Yeah. You see like yeah, a bit yeah, of like flesh crawls back together. Yeah. So yes. there's these
0: tentacle creatures that are nearly impossible to kill and they're almost extinct, so they're very rare. Yeah. I want one of those to be like this one thousand year old crime lord. like the evil version of yoda yeah yeah and he's been power brokering for hundreds of years maybe a thousand years Mm. on the outer rim and he's been running a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and i want him to be involved in this story and then definitely in the sequels as well i really love the idea Mm. of the gendai i think they're awesome
2: yeah and they're like
0: they much like yoda being a thousand years it just pushes the the boundary of how much fantasy can you do before it becomes unbelievable and i think the gendai are right on the edge in the place where i like to be depending on how it's portrayed for sure he, for sure i want him and, yeah. to be in a suit i want him to be grounded i don't want him to be this giant tentacle monster kind yeah, of thing. yeah yeah not yeah. so extreme i want him to be like evil star wars jeff bezos kind of thing you know <laughs> yeah. um yeah one thing just worth like noting, the in the world yeah, kind of thing one thing
1: worth noting for the audience at some point we will do sort of like a go through a sort of existing canon and what we're keeping in our canon that is an thing? episode we have on the dock as yeah, well yeah. i mean just for the for the moments and the purpose of this episode it's quite obvious that we're we got a scrap rebels, rebels the show, yeah. yes. and
0: all of Boba Fett, Mando, all, yeah, that, all kind that stuff. stuff. We're yeah. keeping
1: most of Clone Wars. I yeah. still there is actually certain episodes I think in Clone Wars that we need to erase. Certain... Or just ignore maybe, well, yeah, yeah, like certain things like
0: the Mortis arc.
1: So <laughs> anything. But... Maybe, yeah, kind of. Potentially, Anything yeah. that is like, it, it it explores the mystical elements of the Force too much. Yoda yeah. going out to talk to the Wills. Yeah, I don't like that. The, in the planet that's the source of life in the universe. Like yeah, that, that's I'm not too the much. biggest fan of
0: that stuff. That's way too much. It's, it's better to leave it ambiguous in my mind, but mm. um, not to say that we don't like all of this stuff. I'm, we're really enjoying the Ahsoka show. We love a lot of Mando, mm. but it's just, it... The some of the point of those shows is making the sequels is bridging the gap and making it more yeah. believable. And yeah. we don't want to do that at all because we think the sequels fundamentally, fundamentally broken. are broken, you know, at the, like the, at the core. Yeah, it doesn't it's, mean they're like the worst movies ever made, but I just think yeah. <laughs> there's potential to do it better. But, anyways, and it's yeah. all this
1: retroactive storytelling. And yeah. yeah, at some point, exactly. even
0: that becomes too much. Like Mando season three
1: has a lot of ties to the first order stuff, spoilers, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, do we need yeah. to see this? Yeah, yeah, let's get back on topic. Yeah. Okay, Um, where are we at? Crime Lords, Crime Underworld. That's
0: yeah, so cool. I was just listening through some of the crime factions and what we think and the idea of some of these em- Imperials running out to the crime factions, running out to the Outer Rim yep. and looking for safety and looking to, to pull their power together and some of these b- bounty hunters coming out and we see some of those episodes. Potentially we see a bounty hunter main character through which we can view that lens. There were plenty of... Because really, now they're on the good side. Yeah, there's plenty of cool
1: bounty hunters from uh, that were erased Yeah. In canon from old comics. Like Dengar. Dengar? Yeah, Dengar's still in it. But like, he's so cool. Uh,
0: I'm joking. Dengar sucks. Dengar,
1: It's This other guy guy who is basically like, he kind of looks like Cable Mm. from Deadpool.
0: Mm. Oh, shit. That's fun.
1: Yeah. Can't remember who he is. But anyway. And
0: then, uh, like, uh, we get to see, like, Bounty Hunter droids, like IG 11.
1: Yeah. You also, you know who uh, does exist? Uh, I think George Lucas is, like, number one hated character from the extended lore. Who's that? jackson
0: jackson the rabbit jackson the green space Whoa, rabbit what can we please do jackson we the can green do space jackson spe-
1: green space rabbit yeah He's so
0: cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so we get to introduce some of those characters as well mm. and dive into that part of the world yeah. sith oh. jar jar Sith Jar Shut your mouth. A Gungan, <laughs> a Gungan bounty hunter? Where we see oh! this really dark and gritty Gungan. And another part of the thing we want to dive into is this kind of Cold War. So you brought up earlier that maybe the rebels used some uh, favors or asked for some help from the really powerful crime factions like yeah. the Hutts, In or certain or like regions, in certain cases. Exactly. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. they're calling in those favors again. And what we want to kind of what this feels familiar to us is the Cold War between the Russians and the Americans after World War II. Yeah. Because they were working together, they were allies. Then as soon as World War II ends, tension brews instantly. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the nuclear stuff coming into that as mm-hmm. well. Um, so I think that can be a part of it. That's It's yeah. really interesting. We
1: don't really have a nuclear threat. Death Star tech. We want, yeah. <laughs> it has to be outlawed. And, um, yeah,
2: Yeah. Yeah. That is the interesting thing about the crime factions though because they do actually control regions. Mm. Like, it's not like, just syndicates, you know, they're actually kind of governing bodies. They are kind of governing bodies. Yeah. With their
1: own sort of, you know, hierarchical power Mm. and slavery and all these. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: So yeah, um, we want to dive into that and have it be like that's some of the friction in the story is the crime factions fighting up against the new Re- the New Republic and what they're trying to achieve. Yeah. And then you have Thrawn as well. And then within the New yep. Republic, once that's established, you have centrist versus populist debate yep. coming up in the Senate.
1: Yeah, that would be once the Senate's established. I don't want actually. this
0: to be all at the same time? I I,
2: say, I think that debate. Sorry, if you, were you about to say something. I was gonna say like the whole
1: centrist versus pop- populist thing. Like that seems like a in terms of a timeline thing in the future later on. Yeah. Yeah, I, that would come about.
2: I actually think that's a debate that should only happen at the start, because right, interesting, cause, yeah, because when the new republic have to form government, the first thing they have to do, and I think they need to do this fast, it's write a constitution, yeah, and I think that's where the big conflict ideologically within the uh, rebel the rebel alliance begins. It's this idea of do we go for a big federal government like the high republic, yeah, or do we go for this like very decentralized government, yeah, and I think that debate at first. That's the one that really, not radicalizes, but it splits people apart. Mm-hmm. And I think, because in, is it Bloodlines where they have the centrist podcast? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they introduce a new character as the um, the front for the opposing side, right? Yes. I think it should actually be familiar characters split aside. Kind of like, not, not like uh, Marvel Civil War, but that same sort of vibe where you're like, oh, who do I... Believe here because oh should both be you want to well. split
0: like some of our core cast like yes, Luke yes. and Leia and yeah because I, well, I mean least some, I, of, the I think, yeah, some I, of the new characters we some new characters as well because yeah.
2: what I think is it should be Leia is a federalist she believes that it should all come together and Lando should be an anti-federalist interesting and because of that you know you get these two like Leia is this hard fighter for what she believes in and Lando on the other hand you know he is this independent charismatic suave figure and the way I sort of see it is like um, have you guys seen Hamilton. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Cough, cough, scoff, scoff I um, actually have not seen Hamilton yes. But I know well, a lot of the memes yes. Well, one of the great things about Act 2 and Hamilton is It's basically just all about how they formed government and yeah. The Constitution But it's so thrilling and entertaining Because it's not about just the Constitution It's about all the character drama surrounding it The fact that, you know, Thomas Jefferson came back mm-hmm. All of a sudden he's like Oh no, we need to be very, like, independent, decentralized And as a result, you know, he would, like um, really attack Hamilton personally. He would expose all this drama and you would get all these alliances between these strange figures you would never think would like ally, ally with one another. Right. So my proposal for Leia in this context, and this is pulling very much from Hamilton, I think that she should be sort of the main spokesperson for defending this Federalist constitution. Right. And she needs to write like a bit, or she needs to convince the public. So enlisting the help of Maeda. In secret, he's not coming forward. She and him pen together basically a, a defense of the constitution. Mm. It sounds crazy, but basically, because of Massimeda's uh, collaboration with Mon Mothma and all these people, he's then sort of given not leverage, but a reward of staying in government as a useful figure. So, onwards from that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, go on. I've got to how we got to this point, but <laughs> okay. it was going to come to this because I wanted to mention it. I think Brendel Hux mm. is one of the most interesting figures from the backstory of the sequel trilogy, okay. who I don't think have, has been explored in the right way. My proposal for Brendel Hux is he was a lawyer during the um, the reign of the Empire. Just to stop you quickly, yep. Brendel Hux is as Hux's
1: dad. Hux, yep. who we see in the sequels, in case you didn't know that. Yep. Mm. He was a lawyer. Yes, I think he was a lawyer,
0: right?
2: Yep. And Space he, lawyer. We space haven't seen a scummy yeah, space lawyer well, before. True, actually. right, yeah. Well, it's not something you would kind of want from Star Wars, but I think that's... Star Goodman. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think he's actually a super respectable figure because during the reign of the Empire, he worked within the system and he just believed in rule of law, right? Order. Right. He didn't really care about the whole debate about the Empire or not. He's like, I don't would... care about politics. I'm, yeah, I just want to do my job I'm just going and get to get stick it to the crime factions, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So during the reign of the Empire, he was renowned and beloved by all because he was a person who just respected the idea of law, rule of law, and he basically fought the crime factions through the legal system sort of like and as much as i hate this person sort of like rudy giuliani um <laughs> when before before he became mayor of new york because okay. what he did is yeah, he yeah. prosecuted the mafia yeah and he, he took down the mafia yeah interesting and after that there was very little crime in new york oh it's like, a shame he sucks now it anyway, does suck continue on <laughs> yeah so i think that Brendel hux comes into the picture Because during the Nuremberg trials, Mm -hmm. initially, when they're writing the Constitution and all that, um, Mon Mothman's like, all right, who's this figure who is respected by people who are loyalists to the Empire, but also respected by the Rebel Alliance? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's this neutral figure who just believes in order, rule of law, all that. Wonderful. So he comes in and he's involved in, like, drafting the Constitution. Now, when the Nuremberg trials begin, they're like, all right, you're the best lawyer ever. We want you to come in. And he's like, no, I'm not going to prosecute. This is a kangaroo court. So he defends the... um, the Imperial officers, right? And right. He, and Dude, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, right? Continue. Yeah, so he defends the Imperial offices, which immediately Leia and Mom Mothma are like, what the fuck? Right. Because he's they've respected him so much, but now he's actually just principled. And at first, everyone is like, this guy's an idiot. What's he doing? He's defending these monsters. But then when the Imperial remnants come up, he's suddenly vindicated because he warned, hey, if you... Don't if you do kangaroo this, caught this, if you don't people do this are going to right run away. Way, yeah. It's going to go like that, right? That's actually really interesting. Yeah. So as you move along, he starts to become this respected figure because of his work in the early days of the New Republic. And once things start to become an issue again, he suddenly starts his centrist party, where he runs for office to mm. basically increase the extent of the law and its influence in a way that's kind of authoritarian, but he posits it as this is neutrality. And I think that plays very well as a foil to the crime factions.
0: And I love it because he's still a villain because being a centrist is being bad.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Sorry. Well, I think the thing is like, you know, he's a person who believes in order and his intentions are pure, but the party he starts and the policies he pushes for are uh, what will eventually lead to the return of fascism. Yeah, really no, exactly.
0: Science. No, I, I really, yeah. really like that. That's a really yeah. interesting character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, well, but I need to talk <laughs> about Masamida. Just yes. quickly, I just oh. wanted to
2: say, like, this is why we did this episode, because Cole loves this shit, and it's, he's written so yeah. much of this. Here's the thing. <laughs> That's right? just a taste. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in that, like, after Endor document, I know it all seems like random gibberish, but it's so hard to explain because, I, I shit you not, know, literally every single bit is connected, right? Yeah. It's hard to explain just Mass Amita's involvement or Brendel Hux's involvement or even like Because it's this, this big sh- web. Yeah, like yeah. even the weird shit like Han Solo ousted from government, it is all connected and it's yeah. all building on one another. So <laughs> I'm not crazy. Release the cold cut. No, c- Cole, crazy. you're crazy, but it's like,
0: gu- crazy. it's like a good way, you know? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I may have gone too far in a few places. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. so Mass Amita Cole. Yes. Are you familiar with What's-His-Face Goebbels? Um, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've drawn the connection in Ooh. within the Star Wars universe that he is more like Goebbels, which He's is the, the right architect. hand,
0: the right hand man of Hitler. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Architect of the Reich was he? Is yeah, he was, he, was he?
0: the
2: architect of the Holocaust, I believe.
1: Yeah.
0: So, Amasamita had a similar kind of role where he was brought on around Phantom Menace mm. time, and he knew that yeah. what Emperor Palpatine was planning yeah. yep. from the start. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the entire time he yeah. was.
2: Um, he was actually like the right hand man to Chancellor Valorum. Oh yes. yeah, and no, he you're right. Yeah. Betray him, yeah, yeah. and he helped Oh, he helped betray Valorum. Yes. Oh yeah. shit, that's cool. Yeah, I yeah. did I not know that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, well, all we know about the guy from the films is order. Is order. The, the order. Yeah, the, yeah. The, sorry, the we've said motiv- that so many times. The, on the one, show. yeah, that's like his one motivation above all else. <laughs> yeah. Order. We shall have order. That's he's so got that good. tattooed on his back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Masamider. I'm not sure about the idea of having him actually involved.
0: Mello brought up a good point the other day that it having the basically the equivalent of Goebbels mm. after World War Two from the Nazis serve in the, the United Nations would have been a really fucking yeah. bad look. Yeah. Well, and you,
1: you, you basically, once you defeat the Empire, you force him to sign yeah. that sheet of paper and you lock him in maximum yeah. security and never talk to and anyone. What I
0: really like is that not locking him up is the strat and saying like, hey, we're not yeah. going to lock you up or we're not going to string you up and make an example of you yeah. because we don't
2: want the Imperial Remnant to run away. Yeah. Thematically, that's my point. He is evil. He is the purest evil. And it is precisely because Mon Mothma decides to rehabilitate him because she is all about um, unity and rehabilitating, Rehabilitating, right? She believes that after the war, we need to unite. Like, just yeah. fix the wounds. I still fully agree and, with you yeah. that he
0: is, like, the the thing, the symbol that yeah. Mothma points to to say, you yeah. can be a part of society yeah. too, but just not and in politics. I don't I, think yeah. she'd let him be in politics. Yeah.
2: Well, I think the thing is he proves to be so useful mm. that he's kept around as an asset. They think they control him, right? And he's almost like a necessary evil, and they rehabilitate his image. And I think, as well, the reason I think Master Maeda should do well navigating is because his whole thing is that he is just the slimiest politician ever who has managed to go through not only Palpatine, but for Lorem, yeah. the empire. Mm-hmm. And he's also negotiated basically all these things surrounding the founding of the New Republic. I gotcha. think he needs to be there because it says as a message, this is what happens when you are lenient towards fascism that you think benefits you. Gotcha. Well, well, I, I, s- could, I see what you mean there. I
1: could go that way with something else i you is that yeah. if we made him not this Goebbels character, he yeah. said that once the the Death Star is defeated that he basically turns coat. He yeah. comes in with all these Imperial secrets. And because mm. he sees the tide turning and he is like, right, I'm going to hit Rebels, Mon Mothman. I'm going to give you everything you want, but you give me, like, immunity. Full immunity.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think, like, yeah. Similar on, similar lines. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, I know you want
0: to yeah. fight really hard for no, this, I, mean, okay. I, I want to I move want to, on, but I just yeah. wanted to bring up that debate. Because yeah, I just want like, to quickly explain my thoughts. Go for it. Right, yeah. So <laughs> I think,
2: like, yeah, I suppose, like, maybe in my mind I don't see him exactly as a Goebbels figure because I don't think he was an architect of the Death Star and all these things, but I do think he was... He was just following orders. He was... Oh, my God. <laughs> I think, you know, he was Palpatine's tool for basically how to run government because this is the guy who's been around, I don't even know how long, but he's been before Palpatine. He's been there, he knows the system, he's the one. Who when Palpatine says, Hey, I want to do this, he makes it happen within government. He's the empire on a organizational level. Yeah. Bureaucratic level.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So that's your final thought on Masterminder. Yeah. I my thing that I kinda of wanna talk about as we get to the, the end of the, the episode today is coming back to Luke, Leia, Han mm. Han yeah. and Lando because yes. Let's do that. those are the characters I'm the most interested in. Yeah. And it's yeah, like sure. their story and exploring their adventures. I want this to I wanna have a lot of adventure in the yeah. show and yes. them going on like fun. Really interesting adventures—the mm. kind of stuff you can't show in a movie, the kind of stuff you can only show in a TV show. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm more interested in. Uh, worth noting that, like, again, not
1: that uh, this this show, this fictional show that we're making, yeah. uh, matters, um, yeah, exactly, um, but yeah. we wouldn't have all this politics in that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think not, no, not this is the place of, to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: not
2: only politics—we're just
0: talking
1: stuff within this time period. This politics has to yeah. happen. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, I think um, this is the place we want to do it more yeah. so than the sequel trilogy rewrite. Yeah, yeah that's
2: absolutely. Like, for me, I think the way I see it is, like, when you talk about, like, the outlining of politics, it's sort of you're creating the framework for which the character drama happens on, right? Yes. Because yeah, in yeah, the yeah. context of, like, the federalist versus anti-federalist debate, right, sure, on a top-down level, it seems like, oh, this is going to be a boring show about, uh oh, gov- big government, small government, when in reality, it's that's, like, the backdrop upon which you have characters actually showcase what they believe what they're fighting for it gives you
0: something to ground what they yeah. what they're thinking about yeah. what's the discussion and it tells you about them and it tells you about them and that's the really interesting part yeah, is and character yeah. stuff yeah and it's we like, chuck this in a really good book <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. But it's like
2: i think honestly i know this is going to cringe some people but i do think hamilton is the best example of how to
0: do that yeah no that's interesting yeah. i maybe i should watch it for the show now definitely because it yeah i've heard just it's it really show. good i'm just give not into like musicals shot. but yeah yeah. Give it a shot. One note I had for the core cast, like the, the OG heroes from the original trilogy, uh, I kind of was interested in this idea of them being exhausted once they get to the end of this. Like, they've now gone through the Civil War and then the post-war period and trying to form the New Republic. I want them to be tired and old by the time they get to that point. I yeah, want old, Leia... But
2: young but old. Young but old, like, like yeah. yeah. By the time of the sequels?
0: By the time you get to the sequels, oh, because okay. I want... Oh, God, I want them. yeah. I want them to be yeah. side
2: characters mm-hmm. in the
0: sequels. I don't want them to be main characters, except for maybe Leia, because Leia I want to be, yeah. like... Kind of fucked up. Yeah, look, if there's
1: someone who's <laughs> definitely exhausted, I'd say that it's, it is Leia, because we're still poising her as a politician. And yeah. she, in the last 20 years, between our, our six and our seven, has kept on fighting. Yeah, Han's been doing other things. Luke's been doing other things. Leia's still been fighting. Yeah. You know, Fighting
0: in a way that can be very destructive to the soul. Being a, part Being a of politician. The, yeah. the politic yeah. the, the political machine and the war machine are just so, like things that you can just get trapped in are so yeah. exhausting. Whereas yep. Luke has gone to be become a wise Jedi. Yeah. That's soul enriching, man. Oh yeah. That yeah, keeps yeah. you driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he's got he's gone full monk
1: mode. Exactly. Yeah. He's happy. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Which yeah. is like honestly a good way to be. Yeah. And Han- that's yeah. a part of the positive message. Han's
1: doing F- sure, Lando will have found a way to enjoy his
0: life. <laughs> oh, Lando's got no problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm interested in showing like their adventures together and what they get yeah. up to and how it, it. What's more interesting to me is like, oh, we need one side quest done so that we can have the main battle happen over here. And they're like, mm. cool, we're the best side quest characters because we yeah. only want to be the four of us. And they go on the Millennium Falcon and they go on a cool adventure and they do the thing, uh, whatever that quest is, mm. and that helps the main plot progression happen as well. Mm. And yeah. then we also see them, I. Okay, another thing I was interested in talking about is format for the show. even again, we're not making it. but um, in Mando season one, I was, this was really interesting. There was two episodes at the start and three episodes at the end, and that was one continuous story. in the middle of that was unrelated story. Yep. yeah. I would love to see something like that for the show right. where it's a combination mm-hmm. sort of of the I Clone know. Wars Clone Wars anthology mixed with rebels yeah. linear storytelling. Where there is this overarching goal, there is this one big thing that's happening yeah, for this yeah. one season. But between that, there's a lot of side objectives that need to be completed, yeah, and, like and a Doctor lot of Who. smaller stories that can be completed. sort of stuff where, so, like Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that's where you have your character growth.
0: Yes, it's, you get yeah. character growth. You get those fun moments. You get the campfire storytelling. Yeah, you get the really good kind of uh, yeah. episodic stuff that you can only get from episodic storytelling. Yeah, that's yeah. where I want that to be. Okay. Nice. Yeah, and yeah, you I get like, like scenes like with Han asking Luke of like. What are, you, what are you now to me? Yeah, like, are you a things, Jedi? Are yeah. you still like my friend, my brother? Like who are, what's our relationship now? And yeah. then Han and Lando mm-hmm. just like hitting it off, becoming best of friends. Yeah, and, like, getting again, like together.
1: genuinely now, because it's like, because it's, it's really funny in the context of the films, right? Because the last time Han sees Lando, he betrays him. When Han gets out of carbonite, he, Chewie really has to expl- sit him down and explain to him, hey man, Lena's a good guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> Leonard's then, been helping us out. Um, Han and Chewie, like we said, freeing Kashyyyk. We get that whole adventure. Yeah. That would be mm. a fantastic arc yeah. to explore. Oh, my yep. God. And and getting Leia and Han getting engaged. Yeah. And yeah. seeing the proposal, yeah. seeing the marriage would be amazing. How do they raise children? And then um, <laughs> yeah. Leia getting pregnant and her story yep. of uh, having having Ben.
1: And Luke trying to find out the secrets of whatever is left over from Palpatine.
0: Yeah, and him <laughs> hunting through that as well. Yeah. And, and we actually, stuff, we yeah. could do Kef yeah. Beer and have him... Go to this cool ocean planet and yeah, explore yeah. the wreckage of the Death Star. Could See be it. honestly really cool. Yeah. Yeah. a smaller wreckage. A smaller wreckage. A much smaller, like like there's like I'm talking like a room. There is one room left. Yeah, you know? amid like a, a mile of shrapnel. Yeah, <laughs> there's <but> one room. <laughs> very small. Anyway. See
2: it. I think that's like the exciting thing, right? Because I think this is where you get to see Luke in his prime. Because I do think by the time of the sequels, he should be more pacifist. Yeah. But I think if you want to see Warrior Luke, like everyone kind of wanted to see, absolutely, this is the time
0: we want to see Neo in the Matrix. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the end of episode, yeah. at the
2: end of the first like movie. The yeah. Without
0: the nineties effects and the color grade. Though. No, no, no. with both of those. <laughs> I, don't I, love like, those. I don't I don't really like, like it. it. Yeah, I
2: don't, but it's I want like it. um,
0: we want, we want to see max level. Yeah, Luke. it's, it's like, so cool. It's like
2: what you see at the end of Mando season two, right? Yeah. That's the Luke you should see at this point. Because exactly. this is when he gets to finally unleash all his power and eventually have to learn, like, oh, time to restrain, time to be at peace, time to teach.
0: And the so time to teach. He doesn't start building his Jedi Academy until no. after the war is kind of a bit more settled. Yeah. If it's still tumultuous, it's not safe enough for him to yeah. start I think that's one of our sort of problems with uh, Mando season two, Boba Fett, whatever. When we see Luke's academy, he's already building it when the galaxy should be kind of struggling still a fair yeah. bit after this huge civil war. It's not the right time for that. He should be involved in the fighting. Yeah. I think, is probably the place for him to be.
2: Yeah, um, like this, I feel like this will not work in the context of this show. Okay, but what I proposed in like my treatment was that um, Luke kind of immediately after they conquer Coruscant, and one scene I just as a side tangent, I think. The most exciting thing about the Siege of Coruscant is freeing the Jedi Temple. In Luke being there. oh yeah, right? it's like
0: a reverse Order sixty six. Yeah, yeah, well, he's going up the stairs. Yeah, he goes up the stairs and
2: like <laughs> he liberates the temple. That's right? actually and you,
0: because um,
1: sorry, you play you play like like Vader's uh, like like Anakin slash Vader's theme that he <laughs> made. Yeah? just backwards.
2: Um, yeah, I mean that's a smart. <laughs> sure. That's what yeah. they do with
0: uh, composing all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's actually but a really cool moment that such, I haven't thought. It's of it Such all. a powerful image, and that's Absolutely. the thing.
2: The Jedi Temple after the events of Episode three became the Emperor's Palace. Yes, it so did. So it's like. Liberating that, I think, is the biggest like symbol. Symbolically, of... that's amazing. Yeah. yeah,
1: we haven't even spoken about it, but like some form of Operation Cinder still happens. So
0: yeah, yes, and yes. we definitely yeah. get to see yeah. that.
1: Yeah, and it's mostly about like the Emperor uh, having a plan so that if he dies, his deeper Imperial Sith secrets
0: get hidden, get buried. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's that's part yeah. of why Operation Cinder was was done. Yeah, to hide those yeah. Sith and secrets and a safety
1: yeah. measure as well for like high ranking Imperials. Yeah, just trying to destroy information. In
0: which, and again, all their war crimes. Yeah, and we could
1: <laughs> also then introduce, you know, basically a character on the inside, similar to what happened in World War Two, who kind of stops that destruction of him. Yeah, so.
0: that could be really cool. Yeah, there was, so, yeah, that, you, um, you I told me this what before. his name was. Yeah, you've that forgotten guy. his name, but there was uh, one guy who stopped a lot of documents from getting burned at the end of World War Two. Yes, that allowed a lot of Nazis to be persecuted after that, which is awesome. Yes,
2: yeah, that yeah. was so good. Um, in the context of Operation Cinder, also, isn't Palpatine's motivation just the Empire dies with me?
0: Yes, but yeah. that was because they were they were trapped by shit writing with yes. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> we do whatever I, I the fuck we want. It's yeah. Like, yeah.
2: That's one thing I did not like about Operation Cinder. Like, I like the concept of destroying it all. I just cannot get behind that motivation
0: of like trying to destroy the whole galaxy. It yeah, doesn't make any sense.
2: It, I think it goes against um, Palpatine's whole like idea because I think he thinks legacy is immortality. Okay. And as much as he physically wants to be immortal thematically the empire is an extension of him and his idea for longevity yeah uh, yeah
0: i sort of agree yeah i i don't think he'd want to destroy the whole galaxy yeah. i think he'd want to try and continue the empire yeah, yeah. operation cinder would be used yeah in like the Dude, worst case the, scenario
2: I think, if i die cover everything up. yeah cover the tracks because cover the tracks he yeah. probably envisions you know like like he he's so tight with thrawn. he's tight with thrawn man yeah he's tight um and like he would want to cover the tracks so that the empire could come back you know yeah for so sure. maybe they'll climb him Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So that was
0: what I was interested in yeah. and them getting to the end. Oh, actually, we we're talking about Coruscant in particular. So the reason I'm interested in framing the whole show around mm. this yes. is because on the bottom of Coruscant, in the core, is the crime, crime world. world. Yeah. Like level 1313 13 yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Like the crime world in a huge way operates from the middle of Coruscant in the, yep. in the, deep, yeah. the deep sections. And the top level, that's where the Empire controls the surface. They yep. have the Emperor's throne room there and like his, his palace. Um, and they have this huge stronghold of, like, military power there. So what happens when the Empire starts to become weak? The crime world begins to rise up from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. And the rebels are attacking from the outside, from yeah. the surface yeah, of the planet. Yeah. And the Empire gets caught in the middle. Yeah. And that becomes maybe, like, the most interesting battlefront ever conceived yeah. in, in yeah. fiction. Yeah. So, <laughs>
1: so name, rock
2: and a
0: Hard Place. <laughs> yeah.
2: yes. I mean, that's, that's one question I've always had, right? How What was the crime underworld like at the Empire's reign on Coruscant? still there. Question. It's yeah. still there. Yeah. It's still exactly. There's... According according to legends. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Same deal. It's just like it's like
1: hey so hey guys you know how we've been living our life on croissant? Yeah, just quietly just, yeah just, just don't don't, more, don't make
2: it a problem giant, for us yeah. And you guys do whatever you want yeah. and you yeah. can operate from there See but not heard
0: yeah. yeah for sure and if you get stopped in the street yeah. you know and there's some yeah. places the stormtroopers don't go <laughs> because they know <laughs> or they don't have any power there or there's yeah. some places the stormtroopers do go you want to buy some death sticks fuck yeah they exactly <laughs> so there's all that kind of stuff um yeah and so when the the tide starts to, to shift and the the crime factions are like we've got a one make a move because this planet's not like where it is fun to be anymore yeah and two the empire is weak we can destroy them and take control of coruscant maybe and there's obviously a whole bunch of different perspectives there but the important part is because of all this turmoil we want to see coruscant turned into a nuclear wasteland basically mm. or turn into a wasteland planet yep and have it be completely destroyed by the yeah. end of the world I'll yes. allow it. This, i feel like and this, that's why we go to hostian Prime. that's yeah that's yeah.
1: also in the context of that show that's what i think, think has to be the climax the end of it the fun like is yeah. the this destruction of course, and it's the end of like the Scorched Earth policy. Yeah. It's the yeah. it's the final battle. It's yeah, these two yeah, sides yeah. rising up to meet
0: each other. Oh, so it's I, like a late game Operation Cinder yeah. where they're like, Okay, well, this was the the final button to push. We've already done yeah. most of Operation Cinder, but we were trying to hold on to Coruscant. Yeah. So and, let's hit the final button. And it's taken the rebels to this point, and this is where Thrawn meets
1: them in the in the in their final field of battle. Dude. All of it. Dude, yeah. that's pretty fucking All awesome. Of
2: it. This um this is something I thought about at the start of the podcast that I was like, Oh, I don't know how to bring this up but when we were talking about Jakku being like this cindered place, I, I just thought to myself, you know, if JJ Abram had guts, he <laughs> would he would have had us arrive on a desert planet, see Ray, and then it's revealed. In the background, you see like the, the ruins of the temple yeah, or something. Well, it would be cool yeah. if it's like this it ruin. That would have been yeah. very yeah. very cool and, you, and you're like, and you're like, and and you're like where your did
1: they import all that sand from? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: it's
0: all the
1: glass. You know, yeah, buildings that cool. were yeah, in Coruscant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that when you destroy glass, <laughs> it enough it goes back, back into sand? sand?
0: <laughs> oh my god, yeah. we do. Science go far here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Star
1: Wars science. Star Wars yeah, science go far. Also, just quick thing. You know where you start this show. You start the show exactly where Aftermath actually starts, the book one of after- Aftermath. In the montage, we see in Return of the Jedi of of uh you know people being like re- rejoicing that the Empire has been destroyed, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. remember
0: that still happens. We keep that. We, explore that, yeah. we explore that. we explore. Everyone knows that the the Empire's yeah. destroyed. Yeah,
1: and that I mean that's part of the uprising. That's part of how
0: whatever Imperials. Everyone's rejoicing, left. and then all the Imperials that are on that planet start shooting. Well, the threads. Well,
1: there's a bit in when we go to Coruscant, people are cheering. They topple the Emperor's statue. There's yeah. this like 20 meter tall statue of the Emperor. Oh wow. And we put in the book, that's the first chapter of that. And then yeah, people topple that chapter that that, that that statue. And then the yeah, the stormtroopers come in and start gunning people is down. Is that in
0: that shot? That's
1: that's in the that's in Oh, look, it's in not, the aftermath. That's the 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 gunning people down is in the aftermath. But it's but, not in the movie. Okay, but pulling that's down the statue is in that shot. Yes. So yeah. they pull down the
0: statue and they definitely get shot afterwards. Yeah. That yeah. totally makes sense. Yeah. Mm. So cool. Mm, okay, that's yeah. That's pretty cool. That's a lot of things. To think about yeah any right. final notes as we get to the very end of the show um
2: i guess one this is a very short thought but i don't think it should be hosnium prime i think it should be chandrilla like oh, oh, that's interesting. that could be cool yeah
0: i like hosnium prime just because it's something new and yeah, a lot of what we right. want to talk about we is like so, oh yeah. we've I mean, destroyed we've not, the old stuff we've, we've never seen chandrilla true true, yeah. true true we
1: could make them one yeah yeah but...
2: and uh this is i feel like this is verging on fan service but i do think one character that should come back is C- commander x <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't want to see Ahsoka back. I, I think Ahsoka should have died before the events of episode Rebels 4, uh, Episode yeah, Four. Yeah. Oh yeah. Episode Four, yeah, because yeah, I think there should be no other Jedi besides yeah. uh, Obi Wan, yeah. Luke, Yoda. So. Gotcha. But I think Rex is really interesting because he is a he was built to defend the Republic. Saw the Republic fall, and now he has a chance to defend it once more. But That'd he's nice.
0: a clone. He's supposed to be dead.
1: Yeah. Uh, but No, no. He wrote his inhibitor chip. He got rid of that. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. He, he oh. got rid of that's why his yeah, yeah. his his quick aging
0: stopped.
2: No, and I they, and oh, like, that they, yeah, they—I they, mean—they—they uh,
1: they made it canon that Beard yeah. Man in in yeah. on episode yeah, six yeah. is Rex. Oh, is
2: it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We um, can have him die yeah. in the show, though. Wouldn't that yeah, be a I, nice I little? Think, I want new yeah, characters. Like one, not those. Characters. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want new characters as well. But I mean, like one thing that kind of stood out to me when I was writing as well. Um, when Thrawn comes back, I thought it could be really interesting if Rex comes into the picture because he's this old, almost about to die, Clint Eastwood type. You know. Uh, and he takes puts back on the armor to defend the Republic because he was born to defend the Republic. He takes out his old clone
1: and, armor and puts that on? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the last time people saw clone armor, they're <laughs>
2: like, yeah, was, oh, oh that's, that's a bad uh, look, uh, Uncle yeah, Rex. Exactly. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good anyway, so I think what's really interesting is, you know, if Rex lays down his life to defend the Republic, and on top of that, I think towards the end, right, he and Luke should have a mission together to stop Thrawn or save Momma or something like that. Some sort of mission together. The because, other Skywalker and yeah, yeah. It's the yeah.
0: final like uh, the the final chapter of the book of yeah. the clones and the Skywalkers. Yeah, and
2: symbolically, it's also saying goodbye to the prequels. Yeah,
0: interesting.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. Quite nice. Hmm. Um, this is a random thing, but Inquisitors, right? Uh, I know this yes. isn't the episode in which we're erasing things. I fucking hate Inquisitors. So you hate Inquisitors? Yeah. Yeah. the more. The, the more I think about it, the more I hate the Inquisitors. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I the, I I agree. I think conceptually Inquisitors just it, it's the whole it does not play into the roller two. I but don't l- think Palpatine. Also,
1: let's that. be real. The Inquisitors only exist because in Rebels the two main characters are Jedi and they need to have the Jedi fight someone yeah. who is a big bad guy and they're not strong enough to fight Vader yeah. all yeah. the
0: time. That's it. I kind of agree with you. You know? I kind of agree. I would be interested to hear yeah. what anyone else has to say on the topic yeah. of Inquisitors. That's yeah. but who does Luke have to fight without it's yeah. Just we we, him with a lightsaber? Yeah, yeah, but that's it, not fun. No, I know. But we, you and I have we've been we've had our thoughts and
1: our conversations about Luke and does he kill anymore? True, after a certain true. Point? If he will he kill you? again? Will he kill again? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah, if 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 not Inquisitors, who do we have to throw Luke yeah. up against in a cool lightsaber fight? Would no. be my only question. Is this show yeah. a cool lightsaber fight show? I want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always I wanted to be. be a
2: lightsaber. I
1: mean, he is the last. He is the. It's not the last. but well, he's the last lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> at the end of episode six.
2: Uh, okay, because I'll just share my thoughts about inquisitors. At first, I don't like the concept of inquisitors, but I do think the Grand Inquisitor is a fantastic villain, and I do he was like his inclusion.
1: underused and cool. But he was and
2: his, his design was weird, but like yeah, but um, but he was cool. Yeah, yeah. a possibility I can see, because I don't want the universe to be riddled with just Sith around. Right? Yeah. it is possible that perhaps when Thrawn left, you know, there are dark side users with him. I don't know. Oh,
0: he brings them back yeah. from a dif- distant yeah. galaxy. That could be really interesting. Doing, Maybe. We, we, potentially, we, potentially. Yeah, okay, so don't we know. don't want to do the Yuzhang Vong. If you're not familiar, they're an invading race of creatures yeah. from, from outside, uh, the outside the galaxy. Basically, in Heir of the Empire, it's revealed that emperor palpatine was building a defense against the using vong because he knew they were going to invade making the empire the good guys yeah which I is fundamentally like horrible storytelling argue with me about it i would love to hear your thoughts genuinely you know? yeah let's, let's i would have love a to hear a, a take yeah. in defense yeah. Yeah. of that yeah. because i can't I, even imagine see
2: that's the thing you, you well know i use the using vong i don't like the these i know Bong, you are yeah. not keen
0: on that part of the yeah. story but I know you want to use like the name of and the sort yeah, well, of idea of an invading
2: I, force. of. I am the idiot who thinks the name Yuzang Vong is fucking cool. That's weird, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. It's cool. Um, I mean, there are a few concepts in the Yuzang Vong I think are cool. I don't think it was executed anywhere near even okay. But my, I like the idea of something living in opposition to the force. So the force isn't just like a, a left and a right. It's also like another axis. Okay, interesting. Um, on top of that, I do like the idea of an extra galactic threat. I feel like that's something that needs to be carefully executed. Yeah, I'd Um agree. And yeah, and the idea of like biomechanical tech is interesting. I don't know if it fits in Star Wars. I think it could be fascinating though, but I don't think it should be done in anywhere near the same way the Yuuzhan Vong would What
0: like. I would just pitch just quickly is that potentially Thrawn comes back with someone that's not the Yuuzhan Vong but a different race no, of creatures the and they have access to the dark side and lightsabers and they use maybe orange or red lightsabers of some kind yeah. and they have Sith-esque powers similar to like Knight Sisters or mm. Inquisitors, but they're from a different galaxy, so they're not Sith. Yeah, That would be my my small pitch without
2: really thinking about
1: it. I, studio head here, terrified of it all. Of a, different, all of of a it. distant oh, okay. galaxy? Well, all just, of the, well that's all how of... you get lightsabers. <laughs> yeah, I fine. want lightsabers, there's my <laughs> lightsaber fix.
2: Fine, we'll just reboot a new hope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, but can you get it done in two years? Because we just bought Lucasfilm for $4 billion, <laughs> yeah. and I want to profit right now.
0: Yeah, so there's, there's my like kind of yeah. last pitch. I don't know if you got anything, Melo. Nah. Alrighty, yeah, I'm finish good. it there. So yep. that's uh, a weird a list of ideas for uh, what we would call the fall of Coruscant, or final days, or something of that sort, or that's... the rise of Wedge Antilles. God damn yeah. it! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the show. This is um, only part one of seven, <laughs> but. This has been Fixing the Sequel Trilogy. Every week we're here talking about Star Wars. Every week we're here also talking about the Ahsoka TV series. There's three episodes left and we're very excited for the finale. We are on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, all the good places. Give us a like, a subscribe, five stars, et cetera, et cetera. And until next time, may the Force be with you.